the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The market in 2023 is forcing investors to be buttoned up and review their financial portfolios like never before. Trusted friends of the Todd Stern Show, Legacy Precious Metals. They can help to advise you on the best options to invest in gold and silver, which both provide stability in times of market crisis. I know this company well, so speak directly to an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals by calling 866-528-1903 or download their free investor's guide at Legacy PM Investments. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starr. That's us, that's right, I love this American. Welcome to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. So happy to have you with us today. And uh, wow, do we have a lot going on. Big border at the battle. And uh, we're going to get into that today. Uh, President Biden and President Trump holding events at the border. And ladies and gentlemen, I will say this. The Border Patrol Union, none too happy with Joe Biden. As a matter of fact, the Border Patrol... Uh, now telling Biden, don't you mention our name? I mean, it's pretty pretty direct, um, and the Border Patrol Union is just enraged over all of this. Uh, they say that um, the big problem here is that Biden is going to a, a part of the border that is just fine, where there are no major issues, and that Biden is not going to to where there are big problems and he's not offering any solutions. So they, they say this is nothing more than a campaign stop. On the other hand, you've got Donald Trump, and he's going right out to uh, Eagle Pass, Texas. It's it's the most incredible thing I've seen. The president, and, and we actually encourage the president to do this, uh, to go directly to Eagle Pass and to hold some sort of a rally to meet with the people and to let them know that help is on the way. And that's exactly what President Trump is doing, and I say, good for you, good for you, Mr. President, good for you, sir. Our telephone number, and write this down, you will need this, 901-260-5926, that is our telephone number, that's 901-260-5926. In the meantime, you've got all sorts of chaos around this country, uh, thanks in no small part to the illegal aliens who've been coming across the border. And it's just uh, really unbelievable when when you look at some of this um, some of this um, violence and some of the rhetoric. Uh, this is from Seattle, and we mentioned this briefly yesterday. It's only getting worse in Seattle now, where the illegals are demanding more free housing, and by free they mean you, the taxpayers, have to foot the bill for all of this. Cut nineteen. Seattle City Council disrupted as asylum seekers and their supporters once again pleaded for support. 
Council President Sarah Nelson saying there are limited resources here. I don't really want to participate in in the, a conversation that should be had with uh, county leaders, state leaders, federal leaders. Council ultimately took a break from the meeting in the middle of chants from protesters yelling on behalf of the refugees. At one point, Councilmember Kathy Moore requested that SPD take action. We request that we have police response. Uh, our physical safety is being threatened by the actions of the demonstrators outside banging on the windows. Eventually, arrests were made. It's the second time in two months that the group from Latin America has called upon Seattle leaders to fund their temporary housing. Refugees have been living in different area hotels, most recently this one in Kent. That stay was funded by Seattle taxpayers. Hennessy's from Venezuela said she knows this protest wasn't the most correct thing to do, but they've got kids. They feel pressured to act for them. Well, here's a thought. You shouldn't have brought your kids to the United States of America. You should have brought your kids to Venezuela, right? So uh, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you, senorita. But this is this is happening in towns all over the nation. I, it's, it's really mind-blowing when you see the level of, um, of hostilities coming from these illegals because they came here under Joe Biden's um, mantra that the American people will take care of you. So Joe Biden sent out the invitation. Joe Biden said, you come to America and we're going to take care of you. You, won't, you will want for nothing. We will feed you. We will house you. We will clothe you. If you get sick, we will provide you the Kleenex to blow your nose because that's the American people. The American people, on the other hand, well, you guys don't matter at all. You really don't. And if you, if you, if you doubt that, I would just encourage you to look at the media coverage coming out of Athens, Georgia, home of the University of Georgia. By the way, there's there's new information coming out about the mayor, Kelly Gertz. This guy is a is a communist. He's a Democrat too, but he's also a communist. He's been working covertly to turn Athens into a sanctuary city, even though it is against the law in the state of Georgia to have a sanctuary city. Cut number twelve. That term means different things to different people depending on the context of the discussion. Many of the elements, many of the elements, we are here to listen. We are here to listen. There will be time for questions. You are guilty and got blood on your head for this murder, sir. Many of the aspects that are ascribed to sanctuary cities are things that are disallowed by Georgia law. And we contribute a document every year to the Georgia Department of Audits, indicating that we do not correspond to these definitions under state law. Yes, you do. And no policies have been adopted Please by the mayor and commission that have created sanctuary city status in Sir, Athens. You need to resign. One protocol resign. that sometimes arises. Resign, resign. 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 now. You allow One protocol. this to happen, sir. And while the mayor is coming under fire from citizens, now this just coming in, uh, the the sheriff in Athens-Clark County, a guy by the name of John Williams, actually campaigned on not cooperating with the ICE detainers. 
So in other words, uh, if there is a detainer, so ICE says, okay, uh, Sheriff Williams, you've got an illegal living in athens Clark County. We need you to, to hold this guy until we can get him. And the sheriff says, not going to do that. We're not going to do that. When asked about the detainers, the sheriff said, it is not my intention when elected sheriff to cooperate with those detainers. According to the sheriff, he wanted illegals to feel safe in his county if they needed help or if he needed their help. Okay, well, what about the the law-abiding legal citizens of athens Clark County Sheriff? I mean, the fact of the matter is, we've got far too many woke mayors and sheriffs and city council people and judges and district attorneys, members of Congress, and they all want to turn a blind eye to the illegal aliens that are surging across our border. And it is unbelievable. Uh, Marsha Blackburn, the senator from Tennessee, has been at the forefront of all of this. And I she she went oh, she posted something just the other day. I think it was yesterday. She said within a week, one week, ladies and gentlemen, four illegal immigrants have been arrested for murdering a college student in Georgia, murdering a two-year-old in Maryland, sexually assaulting a minor in Virginia, and raping a 14-year-old girl and stabbing a man in Los Angeles. So Joe Biden, he's going down to the border. He's not going to say anything because he believes the illegals are the true Americans. The rest of us, I don't know, are colonizers in his estimation. So good for Senator Blackburn for speaking out here and and saying what needed to be said about all of this. The senator goes on to say that that Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is complicit in the national security and humanitarian catastrophe at our southern border. And if, in fact, the Senate Democrats abide by their duty to hold a trial, she will vote to convict Mayorkas. He ought to be arrested for the murder of Lake and Riley down in Georgia. What do you think about that, ladies and gentlemen? Is it time to start holding our elected leaders accountable when these illegals go out there and kill somebody or rape somebody, carjack somebody? Should we start should we start demanding that they be arrested and charged too? 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. That's 901-260-5926. This is the Todd Stern show. Legacy Precious Metals has a revolutionary new online platform that allows you to invest in real gold and silver online. Hi, this is Todd Starnes, and in just a few easy steps, you can open an account online, select your metals of choice, and choose to have them stored in a vault or shipped to your door. You'll have access to a dashboard where you can track your portfolio growth in real time, anytime. And you'll see transparent pricing on every coin and bar. This puts you in complete control of your money. The platform is free to sign up for. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com and open your account and see this new investing platform for yourself. Gold hedges against inflation and against a volatile stock market. A true diversified portfolio isn't just more stocks and bonds, but different asset classes. And this new platform allows you to make investments in gold and silver, no matter how small or large, with a few clicks. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com to get started. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Or call 866-649-0304. That number again, 866-649-0304. And start investing today. 
Welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us today, and trust you are are doing well. So KJP was was asked about Lincoln Riley. You know, when George Floyd uh, died of the uh, the drug overdose, uh, the the White House was all over this. I mean, they were sending representatives to be with the family. Uh, they were making calls. Do you need anything? Uh, it was a very different story. But when it comes to people like Lake and Riley, well, their lives don't matter. And to to back that up, here's KJP just a few moments ago. Cut 13. Karina, has the president spoken to the family of Lake and Hope Riley, the young Georgia student who was murdered allegedly at the hands of an undocumented immigrant? So, first of all, I, I do want to extend uh, our deepest condolences to the family and loved ones of Lake and Hope Riley. Uh, given this is an active uh, case, I'm going to be really careful about uh, speaking to that case more specifically. would have to refer any anything specific to that, uh, to that case to law enforcement and obviously ICE. And I, the president, I don't have anything uh, uh, regarding to the president speaking to the family, but it is heartbreaking. I, I can't even imagine what the family's going through. And so, um, but uh, anything else specifically, I would have to refer you to ICE and law enforcement. Just for clarity, when you say you don't have anything else in regards to them speaking, so we can assume that they haven't spoken to this point at least. I just don't have anything to read out to you. In other words, no. Yeah, we're not going to do that. I mean, look how long it took for the president to go to East Palestine in Ohio. And why was that? Because those were Trump supporters. Those people voted for Donald Trump, and so their lives don't matter. I mean, that's the way it is with these people. I'm just telling you, this is the way it is with this administration right now, and it's unfortunate, but that's that's the way it is. I want to play some audio here. This is from uh, Eagle Pass. Uh, this is a rancher. His name is Martin Wells, and he is laying out what it's like to live in a in a border community, what it is like to live um, and and run a ranch on the Texas Mexico border. Cut fourteen. She woke me up. She goes, "There's uh, like twenty illegals in our kitchen." Oh, I said, "What?" So I walked out of here and walked in there with a pistol in my underwear, and I said, "Get out of my house!" And they spit in my face and told me, "You can go to hell and you can go to town, buy us more beer." They drink all the beer, and I was like, "What the hell?" So I cocked that pistol back and. They went and walked down into my barn, and uh, I said, "Damn it!" So I went to walking down there, and my wife said, "That's real smart." They didn't have no fear. Yeah. And I said, "All right." So I called the border patrol, and they're like, "You're on your own, bud." Seriously, they said that. They were so overwhelmed. They said, "You're on your own, bud." I'm sorry. So let's show you some pictures of what we find every day here. Yeah. I'm like, this lady here got her. I saw her get run over, and I had to sit on the other side of the tracks watching her get run over until she got molded to the tracks. A lot of people don't understand or appreciate the carnage that's happening to the people that the cartels are ferrying into this country. This isn't normal life. This isn't the way we're supposed to live. And you can see right here, there's no way a rancher can maintain cattle with illegals coming through and destroying these fences. The cartels control this part of our nation right now. Who, who pays for this? Uh, we do. My whole operations had it's been stopped for three years. And you were just telling me you saw a bunch of people from Syria. Somalia, Syria, China. Right here on this property. On this, right here. It's unbelievable that an administration would allow this to happen. It's unbelievable that any American lawmaker would allow this to happen, where where people living in America, property owners, ranchers, homeowners, have to deal with this every single day. I was uh, down in Tucson, 
uh, several years ago for a series of meetings. I was giving a speech, and uh, one of the people in our group said, hey, uh, let me take you down to the border. Uh, this guy had Border Patrol agents in his family, and uh, they took me down to the border there far south of, of Tucson. And it was shocking to see what these Border Patrol agents have to go through every single day. Uh, the um, They're throwing rocks and bottles and all sorts of things at the agents. And then when you're driving back in, you're about 15, 20 miles in the interior of America, and there are actually border checkpoints set up inside. We're not talking about at the border. We're talking about 20 miles inside just so they can double-check to make sure that you are a legal citizen. Can you imagine having to go through those checkpoints every single day? This is America. We should not have to go through this kind of nonsense. But this is life right now along our borders. This is insanity. And it's only getting worse, ladies and gentlemen. As a matter of fact, uh, here are Brownsville residents very upset at President Biden and the looming visit today. Cut 22. He's wasting his time. Mr. President, what are you doing here? By a stroke of a pen, you can stop this. You don't need Congress. It feels like it's a day late and a dollar short. I don't know what his purpose is, to be quite honest. We've had this situation for years. He has not shown up. It just seems a little too little too late. Yeah, they're saying, what's the point of all of this? What's the point of all of this? 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. That's 901-260-5926. By the way, if you have not already done so, I want to ask you, do me a favor, step up today and support our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom, the nonprofit legal defense fund. They are defending our first freedoms, including freedom of speech and freedom of religion. ADF currently has not one but two cases headed to the U.S. Supreme Court. Now, those cases can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, but since ADF has won 15 Supreme Court victories since 2011, they know how to be wise stewards of your gifts as they fight for our freedoms. You can join ADF in their fight for all of us. That's a stand. There's a Stand with ADF banner on ToddSterns.com where you can help me support this very important organization. Whatever you can contribute today, your gift will make a critical difference. You guys did a great job yesterday. You really stepped up to the plate. I want you to listen to ADF Vice President Jeremy Tedesco. It's the lifeblood of our ministry. We can't do the work we do unless people out there say it's worth giving to ADF to defend these freedoms and to do this work. So you know, I personally and many, you know, all of us, all my, all of our staff members at ADF are just overwhelmed with gratitude that people sacrificially give so we can do the work we do. And, you know, we stand in the gap for people's freedoms and, you know, people who donate to us make all that possible. So your gift of $100 or more will help Alliance Defending Freedom fight critical court battles for men and women just like you all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court where ADF has won 15 victories since 2011. Now, look, you may not have $100. That's okay. You can give $5 or $10. Whatever you give will be greatly appreciated. Again, click on the banner at toddstarns.com or you can phone your most generous gift to 855-417-6556. That's 855 417 6556. 
Well, folks, we've got a terrific show lined up for you coming up a little bit later on. We're going to be talking to our good friend, uh, the retired general, John Tykert, is going to drop by. We're also going to be getting reports live from the border as well. A lot going on. And, of course, your calls make it all happen. 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. This is The Todd Stern Show. Our God-given freedoms are facing unrelenting attacks. It's a battle for truth, and the only way we win is if we stand together. Hi, I'm Todd Stearns, and thankfully, Alliance Defending Freedom has been defending our rights for 30 years and winning. Right now, they're involved in two critical cases before the Supreme Court. They're suing the FDA for endangering the health and safety of women and girls. And in the second case, they're assisting the state of Idaho to defend its law, protecting the lives of women and their unborn children against the Biden administration's attempt to override the law and force doctors to perform abortions. And they need your help. With your best gift, you courageously join ADF in fighting critical Supreme Court cases against government lawlessness and help defend our cherished freedoms so call 855-417-6556 right now or go to toddsterns.com and click on the adf banner with your help i've already pledged to raise seventeen thousand dollars by march 31st for adf go to toddsterns.com or call 855-417-6556 to make your best offer right now i know with your help we can beat that goal and help make a generational difference for freedom all right welcome back everybody good to have you with us this is the todd stearns radio show This item just in from Austin, uh, Texas, where a federal judge has now suspended enforcement of this law that would have allowed state law enforcement agents to arrest and detain people that are in the country illegally. So now the federal the federal judges are coming in and they're saying, um, hey, look, you cannot enforce this law anymore. If you, if you come across an illegal, you're not allowed to arrest that individual. This is nonsense. Let's go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Say hello to Congressman Pat Fallon, who represents the 4th Congressional District in Texas. You know, Congressman, this, uh, this ruling coming down today from this federal judge in Austin, um, what, whose side are they on here? So, Todd, this is the first time I'm hearing of this. What are they saying that, that you, can't, you can't arrest them? What, what is this garbage? Yeah, so the federal judge uh, ordered the state government to suspend the enforcement of a law that would have allowed state law enforcement to arrest oh, and detain yeah, yeah, yeah. illegals. I think that's dictatorship by the judiciary, quite frankly. I mean, you had the, the Texas legislature pass that law. I remember that distinctly, that uh, it's a state crime if you cross the border illegally. It's not a surprise, but so they, you know, because that's how the left tries to, to you know, nullify duly passed the legislation. So we're going to have to go through the courts. But yeah, they're, they're clearly on the side of putting America last, foreign nationals before American citizens, and endangering American lives. 
So today, uh, President Biden and President Trump uh, on the border. Uh, what's the mood down there, and, and what are you hearing about the the impending visits? The mood on the southern border of uh, in Texas with Mexico, Todd, is one of absolute alarm. That's why you see a major political shift. The major uh, of the ninety five percent plus folks down there that are of Hispanic heritage. They're leaving the Democratic Party in droves, coming to the Republican Party, because they are absolutely sick and tired of the crime, the corruption, the chaos, and the cartels. They have had enough, and they're looking for solutions, and the Republican Party is the only one that's willing to protect them and provide them solutions and a secure border. You know, I'm, I'm curious, Congressman, uh, especially among Democrat voters in, in Texas, are, are you guys – uh, hearing any frustration from them, and do you anticipate uh, maybe some Texas Democrats switching parties, voting for Republicans? Well, yeah. Not only that, we we so you're always going to have, as you know, Todd, the, about a third of the uh, the electorate, if you will, of the population that is just hopelessly lefties. They're red diaper doper babies, and they have misplaced empathy, and they're you know self hating, et cetera. But then you've got those folks that do vote for Democrats that are somewhat reasonable and can can see the reality for what it is. We had Ryan Guillen, a Democratic state rep, for 20 years. He changed parties. He's now a Republican. We had uh, Monica De La Cruz win along the border, one of my colleagues here in Congress, Tony Gonzalez uh, along the border. And for a spell, we had Myra Flores, who was in like a plus 14 Biden district, and she still won the congressional seat, and she's running again. So folks are, you know, manifestly showing at the ballot box that they're they're fed up with it. And it's about a 70-30 issue in Texas. It might even be a 75-20 really? issue where people want, yes, they want a secure border. And Biden is way underwater if you look at the national polling on it because he's made every state a border state. So this migration, this illegal migration is killing him electorally. Well, it's, I mean, this is just terrible. I mean, what's happening not just in Texas, but uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn laying out just over the past four days how many Americans have either been killed or raped by the illegals. Uh, this is heartbreaking. And the fact that Joe Biden hasn't even picked up the phone to call the family of Lake and Riley, uh, he was all over the George Floyd case, but I guess Lake and Riley's uh, death doesn't really seem to matter. Well, not all lives. What the Democrats have proved is not all lives are equal. Uh, all lives don't matter. The ones that fit their particular narrow uh, you know, messaging, well, they matter greatly. But somebody like a, a law-abiding citizen and a promising, beautiful young lady like Lincoln Riley, oh, it's, they don't fit her par- They don't fit their paradigm. So we don't want to discuss it. We want to pretend like it never happened. And the just the crimes that criminal aliens have committed in Texas are startling. I got some data from the Department of Public Safety, and it was like a half a million arrests. Get this, Todd, just in the last 12 years in Texas. Criminal aliens accounted for nearly a half a million arrests committed over, well, were arrested for over a half a million crimes. And there were 187,000 convictions. That's in Texas. And we have Joe Biden saying that, well, in Alejandro Mayorkas, the border is just as secure as it was in past administrations. That's an abject lie. When you look at Obama and the Trump administration at this juncture in the presidency had about 1.7 illegal crossings. Joe Biden has had 8.5 million. So we've never been. It's, it's historically awful. President Trump in FY 2017 had 300,000 illegal crossings the entire year. We had that in just the month of December. That's how bad things are, Todd. 
it's and, and it's getting worse, and it will until uh, President Trump gets back into the White House. Uh, Congressman Pat Fallon joining us on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line today. You know, Congressman, another big story we want to touch uh, base with you on Hunter Biden and the deposition. Um, any surprises from that deposition? Well, there were a few. Uh, he was, you know, well coached and well prepared, and he tried to turn the charm on as best he could, but his personality is like if a stale croissant had a baby with cardboard. But um, he did admit that he accepted a diamond from a Chinese national, but his testimony was it wasn't worth all that much. He gave it to his Uncle Jim, and Uncle Jim just threw it away. That's what he testified to. He said, oh, it was a cultural exchange of, of gifts, and that was the thing. He did admit to making lots of calls in front of his business associates to his father. And he said it was just a normal course of events. If his dad called or he called him, uh, he would just put them on speakerphone, and they would just have a little chat. He did admit that many, like a Russian oligarch, a Kazakhstani oligarch, uh, Jonathan Lee, Chinese national, that they did happen to give him hundreds of thousands, in some cases millions of dollars, and then they magically got access to his dad. He did admit those things, uh, but he tried to uh, couch it as, well, they just, they just met him. They just said hello. And I did get him on the record with admitting that he took a lot of money from Burisma, $65,000 a month. The original deal was for five years. And his father, that was his father's portfolio in the Biden administration, was Ukraine. And yes, his father did get Victor Shokin, who was the prosecutor, fired, who was investigating his own boss. And he didn't think that was a conflict of interest. It clearly is. So the, he, we, you kind of have him in a box with those things, and he did have to admit it under oath. Anything, anything that rose to the level of criminal behavior? Well, I do think that well, clearly he, would, he didn't want to talk about his tax evasion because he's indicted for that. I did ask him a question because he was talking about atonement, uh, that he's now a recovery addict. And listen, I, anybody that can kick a drug habit or an alcohol habit, I'm all for them uh, continuing on their road to recovery. I really, truly am, regardless. And I told him my concern was not that. My concern is, will you be sincere about what you did over the last 15 years? That's what we're here for, not to talk about your recovery. We're talking about criminal activity that you had in the past. And like, for instance, in 2014, he didn't pay his taxes. He owes 124 grand. As part of atonement, Todd, would be for him to pay that money. He, it's outside the statute of limitations, so he's never going to be criminally charged for it. And I asked him, did he pay those taxes back? He didn't want to answer because he, he is not. So, yeah, I think that there clearly was uh, criminal activity in so much as he was the bag man for his father. And I did ask why his father hasn't paid back, why he hasn't produced documents to prove that he loaned his brother Jim $240,000 because Jim gave him 240000 and he had no answer for that. All right. So next step is uh, a hearing. Is that right? That's uh, what Co- Congressman Comer said yesterday. Uh, when can we expect the, the hearing before the, the committee? I would think that I have to talk to Chairman Comer about that today on the floor, but I suspect it will be March or April, I would think. And that's why, by the way, Todd, this is part of the process. You have a deposition, and then you have a public hearing. That's always the way things have, have happened, and that's the way things have been done here. But the Democrats didn't want to do that portion. They kept saying that you promised him a public hearing. Oh, he's going to get his public hearing, but we have a deposition first so we can drill down and get more in-depth with getting him on the record under oath. So then we'll all be able to ask Democrats and Republicans, 
smarter and better and more pointed questions in the public hearing. The way it works. That's the way it works. All right, uh, Congressman, appreciate that and appreciate all your great insight on the border as well. No, Todd, thank you very much. I thought you'd get a kick out of the fact that when we were beginning the deposition, uh, Eric Swalwell made a big stink about when the transcripts were going to be released. They'll be released within the next 24 hours. And then he said, snarkily, well, they, are they going to be in English or Russian? And then I stood up and said, for you, Chinese. Oh. <laughs> that, yeah, that punk didn't say anything after that. I bet he didn't. He may have soiled himself. Uh, wow. All right, Congressman, appreciate you. Uh, Congressman Pat Fallon uh, bringing the heat yesterday uh, during that big uh, meeting. Uh, of course, Congressman, a member of the House Oversight Committee, as well as the Armed Services Committee. All right, we've got to take a quick break here, folks. 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. This is the Todd Starn Show. Mike Lindell and MyPillow employees want to thank my listeners for your continued support. And to thank you, they have an overstock clearance sale right now for the best prices ever when you use the promo code STARNS and you get free shipping on your entire order. Get 50% off the MyPillow 2.0 and the brand new flannel sheets that just arrived. Won't last long, folks. Get a six-pack towel set for only $29.98 and take advantage of the free shipping on larger items like mattresses and mattress toppers, 100% made in the USA on sale for as low as $99.99. Everything is on sale from the brand new kitchen towels that have the same technology as the bath towels. They absorb dog beds, blankets, couch pillows, so much more. To get the best offers ever, go to MyPillow.com and use promo code STARNS or call 800-839-8506 and get free shipping on your entire order while supplies last. Stripes and bright stars Round no perilous fight Or the rampant we watch Were so gallantly streaming Come on now. Uh, uh, oh dear. Okay. That note's over. was the national anthem at the indiana pacers game the other night <laughs> and um, eight-year-old they they hauled out an eight-year-old in a in a lovely 
star-spangled outfit there. Uh, she was dressed like like the the American flag, old glory. And uh, TMZ saluting the performance of the national anthem, calling it an epic rendition. <laughs> they say that uh, I've, I've got to read this from the review here from TMZ. They say she attacked all the high notes with a whole lot of flair. And the crowd roared every time. <laughs> the Indiana Pacers were beyond thrilled with the performance, the passion, the outfit. This anthem performance was unmatched. Well, there you go. Uh, you know, it's interesting. They're creating a lot of controversy. This story and this version, this rendition of the national anthem. And I am not a musician, so I cannot pass judgment judgment on what we just heard but um you may be surprised to hear this but there are a lot of people that are really kind of upset about this and many people are blaming the parents of the uh, soloist saying how could the parents allow their child to come out and sing a song like that in that way but again maybe this is the way it goes back to remember roseanne barr back in the day when she sang the national anthem, which to this day is, you know, the worst rendition of the national anthem as possible. But then again, we're talking about an eight-year-old. And, you know, eight years old hitting all those notes. I mean, I've never heard some of those notes before. I mean, she hit them. Good for you, young lady. Good for you. But some people are very upset on social media about all of this. Uh, it happened. Um, they're in uh, Indianapolis, by the way. Oh, what was it? They said, oh, here we go. Uh, TMZ says that an American Idol audition might be in the making here. So uh, you, you never know. She could be the next, what, Fantasia? I know the lovely Lydia, the uh, call screener, went to go see Catherine. Was it Catherine McPhee yesterday at the at Graceland? She could. This young lady could be the next Catherine McPhee. Or who's the gal that um, the Kelly Clarkson? I was almost going to get in trouble. <laughs> I just, I don't. I'm just overwhelmed with patriotism right now. That's. I'm just overwhelmed. <laughs> Dylan, you're a music major. Those were some. Uh, it's hard to hit those those notes. Yeah, it is hard. Uh, she needs to have some air support. It's my I, advice. You gotta get. Yeah, you gotta get it from the gut. I think she took some advice from Fergie. 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 You remember uh, Fergie's? I don't know. Oh, is, oh no. Oh yes, yeah. Fergie, the singer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, it's she was making up some pretty awesome notes there. I mean, <laughs> was we, making up we saw her. history in the making and. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Musical world. He did attack the note. But at some point, may I just ask parents in general, at some point, mom and dad, do you... <laughs> this is a terrible question to ask. At some point, do you say, pull the your child aside and say, you know, maybe you should, maybe, maybe you ought to, I don't know, look at another career choice or something. I don't know. Is that, like, for example, my dad wanted me to be an electrician, but after I nearly killed him um, at one of the job sites, he said, son, you're fired. You know, go get a liberal arts degree. I, this is terrible. Anyway, good for you, young lady, this this eight-year-old patriot belting out the national anthem and getting accolades from TMZ Sports. Shame on all of you naysayers out there on social media. I can't believe some of you people. Anyway, I uh, got a question for you. Parents of boys, there's a new survey out. We're going to get into this in the next hour. But there's a new survey out. And they're saying that many young boys are now becoming conservatives, and they're doing so by rejecting their parents' wokeness. This is amazing. It's in the New York Post. And there's a big essay, and the New York Post column is based on an essay written in New York Magazine. And the the problem in New York Magazine, as they framed it, can parents stop their sons from sliding to the right? And the problem is that you've got all these these woke parents, and they're trying to you know stuff their little boys into dresses and pantyhose, and the boys just want to go outside and play ball. They don't want to you know they don't want to do all of that stuff. And the boys know their pronouns, and it's all very confusing. And and the boys say, well, if that's the case, there's no there's no way I'm going down that path. I'm going to be a conservative. And we say, welcome. We like for boys to be boys and girls to be girls. All right, hang tight. We are going to get to your phone calls in the next hour. 901-260-5926 is our number. That's 901-260-5926. I'm going to be in trouble. We'll be right back. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starks. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Starks radio program. Happy to have you with us. Hour two of the big show underway. Uh, Coming up a little bit later on, Congressman Eric Burleson will join us that'll be a fun conversation we have a looming deadline and um the clock is ticking on whether or not the the government will shut down we'll give you an update on that also want to i want to share some uh, some information with you and the caveat is this is coming from a palestinian news agency so you can take this for what it's worth but uh it is the breaking news of the hour where they're saying that more than 100 people were killed, uh, some 700 injured 
Uh, the allegation uh, coming out of the New York Times is that Israeli forces open fire on a crowd. So there's clearly more to the story, but this is the way it's being framed, is that uh, the, according to the New York Times, these Israeli forces just open fire on people. I find that very hard to believe. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, good friend of this program, General John Tykert. He is retired Air Force Brigadier General. He is live in Tel Aviv right now. Uh, General Tykert, good to have you back with us. Todd, it's always great to join you. Thanks for having me. So are you hearing, is there any um, local coverage there in Israel of whatever happened in, in Gaza City? Todd, there is. And just like when we jumped to conclusions way back early on in the war that Israel indiscriminately hit a hospital, that the IDF is saying that they need to review what happened, they need to understand the facts on the ground, and likely they're going to disprove a negative. And indeed, it is highly unlikely that Israel did in such a reckless way what the Palestinians are claiming that they did. So what are you doing in, what are you doing in Israel, by the way? What are you in Tel Aviv for? Todd, very um, simply, I'm a national security expert. I was invited over by senior members of the Israeli Defense Force to develop a broader context about what's going on here so I can speak and understand better what's going on. And so I spent all day today down in the southwest around Gaza and then tomorrow to the West Bank, again, just to develop my knowledge specifically what's going on and probably likely better help our nation understand why we need to maintain unwavering support to our special friends in Israel. We're, we're looking at almost five months uh, since the uh, terrorist attacks in, on, on October the 7th. Uh, what is the mood in Israel right now, and are, are they in this for the long haul? Todd, there is no doubt that they are. They see this as an existential threat. And until I put boots on the ground and saw the very small distances that we're talking about, not just from Tel Aviv down to Gaza, but just the extent of the tininess of Israel compared to these behemoths that surround them. I didn't quite understand how true it is that this is an existential threat. And especially as I watched the film of horrors today and then got to see some of the places where those horrors took place, not only did I better understand the brutality of Hamas, but the mindset that had joy in their hearts and in their expressions as they undertook the terrorism on the 7th of October. And really then did it strike me that this is indeed an existential threat that Israel cannot afford to stop short of destroying and defeating Hamas. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And, and I'm not sure that the American people understood that the Israelis were serious about this. And it goes back to something that um, former Vice President Dick Cheney said. I don't know why I remember this, but it was years and years and years ago, uh, right after the 9-11 attacks. And, and Cheney said during an interview, I, I just hope the American people understand that the fight we're about to engage in is not going to be over in a, in a few weeks. This is going to be a long-lasting issue. And I suspect the same thing is happening there in, in Israel. It is. This is a very challenging situation. And think about those three big primary objectives that Israel has had from the beginning. And that is a mix of defeating Hamas, returning the hostages, and deterring other threats in the region. And not only is one and two extremely difficult, and there's some trade-offs there, but just keeping Hezbollah at bay and the situation bottled up in the West Bank, not counting the Iranian influence in Iraq, Syria, and Yemen, 
this is an extremely difficult and challenging situation. And Israel and Israelis have nowhere else to go. And they're going to do this until it is complete. You know, General, I'm curious from uh, the on the political side, you've got Joe Biden, uh, who says he is a friend of Israel. But at the same time, the base of the party is is not a friend of Israel. And we saw what happened in Michigan with the the protest vote. Uh, Biden lost in, in Dearborn, Michigan. He lost uh, by 75 percent. Um, 75 percent of the vote went to uh, non-committed. So I, I'm wondering um, how this is going to play out uh, as the administration continues to, to deal with the response in Israel. Todd, I've got to give a little bit of credit here to President Biden that he thus far, five months in, has stuck with his claim that we are going to provide unwavering support to Israel. But his party doesn't feel that way. And certainly Democrat voters don't feel that way as well. And so we need to make sure that he stays true to that word and certainly reflects an American attitude that understands the special friendship we have with Israel and understands, again, this existential threat that they're facing every single day especially until they finish off Hamas. On the uh, Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line today, our good friend, General John Teichert, he's retired. Uh, He was in charge of Andrews, uh, Joint Base Andrews at one time and Edwards Air Force Base. Uh, General, when when you look at going back to the the October 7th attacks, I I just found it interesting that they went after the, the small farming communities and not the big cities initially. That's where the initial attack was. And I say that because of what's coming across our border right now. Lots of military-aged young men from hotbeds of terrorism. And I'm wondering, can you extrapolate? Are there any comparisons that we ought to be looking at, we ought to be making between what happened there and what's happening at our very own border? Todd, I think absolutely yes. And the big takeaway is until you firmly control your borders, then you are constantly at risk. And we have heard off and on for the last several months as we've watched our crisis unfold on the southern border that because President Biden has not secured that border, we know that there is a looming national security crisis as a result of unknown terrorist members that are now in our country, including members of Hamas, because our president and our government has failed to secure a border. That happened five months ago in Israel. They were complacent about their border security. We must not be complacent because we may face the same kind of threat. Yeah, that's what concerns me, and and especially all these Chinese nationals. What are these guys up to? If you look at them, you look at other military-age individuals from various countries, including Venezuela, you mentioned China, that all of those things should cause grave concern for us. And step number one, to secure the border or to resolve the crisis, is to actually secure our southern border. And until we do, we are constantly at risk. And I would hate to see anything close to what happened here in Israel transpire because of our of complacency on the border uh, and until we resolve that we are at risk all right well general we're going to leave it there we're going to let you get back to it uh safe travels and uh, i know they're in good hands with with you boots on the ground there well i'm in good hands uh underneath their tutelage thanks todd have me on anytime all right general john teichert everybody uh live from tel aviv and uh, john com. that's t-e-i-c-h-e-r-t uh, JohnTykert.com is the, the website. Go and check it out. Just a great man of faith and a just a brilliant military leader as well. Uh, he was uh, the commander at Joint Base Andrews, uh, home of Air Force One, 
and also um, at uh, Edwards Air Force Base out in California. And I got to know him uh, at both of those bases. And just a, the, he's the real deal. I want to go to the phones. We've had folks holding on for a while. Harold in Ohio listening to us on our great affiliate there, 97.7 FM. Hi, Harold. What's on your mind? Well, Todd, I just want to say when, when you know Bible prophecy at all, I'm a preacher, you can see why, you know, you say, what's the point of this? What's the point of that? I'll tell you what the whole point is. We're headed for a one-world, U.N.-controlled police state, and Biden is part of that. He's a globalist, the whole Biden crime family. And what I'm trying to say is that everything makes sense when you try to see, when you're seeing that the, the, the ruination of America from day one that Biden took over, everything that he's doing is on purpose. It's not because he's senile or any crazy thing like that. Uh, he's working for the U.N., which wants to take over, has, has a one-world government one of these days. In fact, they're talking about, because of the trouble between Hamas and Israel, that uh, the, they were invited to come down into Egypt and uh, consider having the U.N. set up a U.N. permanent peacekeeping force and on the Gaza Strip between Hamas and Israel to make sure that this, uh, this stuff doesn't happen again. Because unless they do that, you know, Hamas is going to start it all over again. No matter, you know, so you know that this peacekeeping thing they're talking about now is not going to go anywhere. But people are going to be fooled by this because they think the U.N. is the good guys. But if you ever heard of, I think it's called the Hegelian philosophy, it's where their, their, their philosophy is out of chaos, order. And on one hand, they cause the chaos secretly. And then on the other hand, they come out publicly like they're, they're the good guys going to stop the chaos. But their method of stopping the chaos is where they end up with total control. So you're going to have uh, the U.N. controlling uh, the Middle East. And you're also going to, you know, the whole mess that's going on in America right now. is so it gets so bad that the U.N. one of these days is soon is going to offer to take over control of America and establish a permanent peace. And, and they'll be calling, you know, advertising peace and safety force. But it's going to end up in a woke U.N.-controlled police state where America has to give up its sovereignty, its constitution, everything else like that, to be part, become part of a one-world police state. That's what we're headed for. And we're being played by the world leaders right now. All right. We're sacrificing yeah. Let me get a word in here edgewise here, Harold. Yeah, look, I, I agree with, with a lot of what you, you said. Um, the concern I have, and and again, it's it's a concern. That doesn't mean that I, I think this is going to happen. But if we if we stand down, this will happen, and that's we cannot stand down. But all of these people coming in, all of these refugees, as they're they're trying to convince us they are, these refugees who happen to be young men of military age. The point of this is to destabilize the country. That's what this is about. Not only do we have all of these illegals coming in, but you also have a situation in many major American cities where you have radicalized district attorneys who are turning loose uh, American-born criminals onto the streets. We've got that problem in Memphis, Tennessee right now. I think it's troubling, for example, in Memphis, where the mayor, the new mayor of Memphis, who is more concerned about the blackness of the city as opposed to stopping crime. And these are his words, not mine. He he wears that as a badge of honor. But this guy will meet with gangbangers in secret, but he won't meet with law-abiding citizens. Why is that? It, it all goes back to this idea that we have to have chaos in America, right? 
And out of that chaos will come some sort of a savior, whether it's the United Nations, whether it's uh, Islam, whether it's we don't know what it is. But there will somebody will rise up out of all of the chaos and be our country's savior. That's that's what the left is wanting. And keep in mind, out of chaos comes communism. That's where all of this is going. But I'm telling you, freedom is in jeopardy right now. Uh, Harold, appreciate the call. This is why I wrote Twilight's Last Gleaming. Because we have to, this is a wake-up call that we have to stand and fight. We have to, we have to stand up because we are freedom's last line of defense. And I write about this in, in the book, Twilight's Last Gleaming, and I hope you will pre-order a copy. The book will be out on March 19th. But I think this, uh, Harold is right. There is some sort of a, there's an effort among both political parties, among the globalists, to turn us into you know some sort of a, a global utopia. And that's why our borders are not being secured. All right, we got to take a break here. 901-260-5926. If you agree or disagree, give us a call. 901-260-5926. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Say hello to Gene in South Carolina. Hi, Gene. What's on your mind? Hey, Todd. Um, I am completely outraged at uh, Biden's position, okay, to say that that guy didn't even need to call his test. This guy is a liar. Okay, he should have his medical license revoked. I've been a nurse over 20 years, okay? All my colleagues, everybody has all said this guy is mentally shot. We all know it. And for that doctor to say that this is is an absolute outrage. Gene, I I I agreed with you yesterday. I would have agreed I mean, I with you yesterday. Really things. I get the whole. No, I, no, no, I, I no, no. Gene, hear me on this. Hold on. I want you, you have to with these people. It's all in how they word things. And if you go back and read what the doctor said, uh, Biden's physician cleared him for duty and says the physical exam found no new concerns. So it's the word new, Gene. That tells me that what concerns were there that are old? Because they're saying there are no but new the, ones. But the press secretary, uh, she said today that uh, Biden's doctor said uh, even the neurologist didn't think that he needed an exam. Well, I mean, she's a libtard. kidding me? Yeah. yeah. It's, Gene, I mean, you see it. You said you're a nurse. I mean, you see Joe Biden. Yeah. What do you see when I mean, you I see this man? More outraged at this doctor. I mean, seriously, he should be reported, or he is, or he's just that dumb. Well, they're being given a script. They're allowed to say what yeah. they can say, but and who knows? They may have threatened the doctor. They probably did, or he's being bought off. Could that's be the only two reasons. Yeah, could be, Gene. I I hear you. And I mean, it, it. Look, you don't even have to have a medical degree to see that something's not right there. No, anybody has dealt with any kind of dementia, or Alzheimer's, you know, it's fine. It's the walk. Yeah, this, have this, you this seen the robotic walk? It's weird. I'm say that again, Gene. 
The doctor who examined him, he just takes the cake. He, oh, my God. We need Dr. Ronnie Jackson. You know, he used to be a Trump's physician in Obama's, and now he's a member yeah. of Congress. We'll get him on because he's been saying for well over two years now that there are clear, clear medical issues with Joe Biden. So I've and, been Carson, and he's a pediatric neurosurgeon. That's true. That's true. Gene, we got to run. Uh, the computer's going to cut us off. But, uh, folks, Gene says that we ought to be really outraged over the doctor clearing Joe Biden. I mean, do you really believe that this man is capable of being the leader of the free world? Do you really think that Joe Biden is the guy calling the shots here? I, I don't think so. 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. That's 901-260-5926. In the meantime, head over to ToddSterns.com, click on, our, click on that Alliance Defending Freedom banner, and kick in a couple of bucks to help us reach our goal of $20,000. That's how much we're trying to raise for Alliance Defending Freedom this month. All right, stick around, everybody. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us. And uh, again, the breaking news out of Texas ahead of President Biden's visit. A federal judge says that Texas law enforcement will not be able to um, arrest illegal aliens. So if they're coming across that border illegally, the federal judge says that the uh, police cannot arrest them. You think that's a good idea? You think that's going to make people safer in Texas? I don't think so. All right, 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. Uh, Super Tuesday coming up. Our next guest running for the 10th Congressional District in North Carolina, Charles Eller, is on our Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Charles, what do you think the big issue is going to be uh, there in North Carolina? Uh, Todd, hey, great to be back with you. We'll take a wild guess what the big issue is going to be. The same issue all over the country. It is this uh, the southern border and the invasion and occupation by over 10 million people uh, in the last three years since Joe Biden has been president. Uh, God, everywhere I go. Well, our phone system, ladies and gentlemen, um, my apologies about that. Let's try to get our guest back on the line, please. And uh, we will. Um, and if we could get engineering to come in and take a look at that. Um, and my certainly my apologies, Charles Eller running for Congress. Uh, you folks uh, there in North Carolina, WSIC, uh, know him quite well as a regular caller to the program. We have Charles back with us now. All right, good. Charles, my apologies, um, but go ahead and finish your thought. Yeah, no, uh, Todd, the southern border is uh, first and forefront in everybody's mind right now. Everywhere I go and people I talk to, that's all that's all they're discussing and they're just angry they are furious at the 10 million that have come across this border uh since joe biden has been president and they want something done about it and uh all right folks we're going to take a break we'll be right back All right, I believe we've reconnected with uh, Mr. Eller again, and our extreme apologies, ladies and gentlemen. 
but Mr. Eller running for Congress in the 10th Congressional District of North Carolina. And Charles, um, one of the things that, that concerns me, not only is it immigration, that is a big issue, but also the economy. And uh, going back to Bill Clinton, uh, when he he got the, the big win over George H.W. Bush, it was the economy stupid. I mean, that was the slogan of the day. Yeah, absolutely, Todd. And other than uh, immigration, that is the second biggest issue, I think, in this race right now. People are struggling because of all this reckless spending and borrowing, high interest rates. Uh, and it's just destroying uh, the economy for young people who are just getting started. Uh, you know, the average house payment's 90 percent higher under Joe Biden uh, than it was under Donald Trump. The average person is spending seven thousand dollars more than they were just three years ago. You have record credit card debt. People are just uh, trying to make ends meet. But that that's an overriding issue. And unfortunately, uh, what I'm finding out in this campaign is uh, the voters are just sick and tired of these complicit rhino republicans that just go along and kick the can down the road with these continuing resolutions and are doing nothing to stop this spending and uh you know i've committed if elected uh to not raise the national debt and to live within our means uh to lower inflation and uh unleash our energy independence once again and get this economy back on track when you're out in in your district uh, there in North Carolina, I'm I'm curious what what are you hearing from uh, from from constituents? Well, the main issue, Todd, is the southern border right now. Uh, that that's that's front and center on everybody's mind, and people are just disgusted. Uh, not only at Joe Biden, but people are disgusted at uh, Republicans for for feeling like they're not trying hard enough. Uh, in this race, uh, Todd, we're in the tenth district. Uh, I'm the only one. I have an 11-point plan to secure the border. And uh, two of my political opponents, Pat Harrigan and Gray Mills, they're just talking in general terms, generic terms, and which, which anybody can say. And there's no teeth to it. And people are just sick of that. I'm sick of that. But I've got an 11-point plan to secure the border. And, you know, Todd, it can start by tomorrow night by saying no continuing resolution. You're either going to shut down the border are you going to shut down the government? You know, Joe Biden, you, with the stroke of a pen, you can have a uh, remain in Mexico policy again. Uh, we need to assist Texas by sending National Guard troops and deputizing volunteers. We need to cut off federal aid to these illegals that are, have come across the border and are already here. So no free health care, no free education, no free food stamps, no free housing. Todd, that's costing $450 billion a year. We also need to cut off aid to all these entities like the U.N., that are aiding these NGOs uh, that are helping these illegals come into the country. As far as I'm concerned, they're collaborators. Uh, Todd, we've also got to pass legislation that fines U.S. employers uh, for hiring illegals. We've got to end birthright citizenship, pass legislation that says illegals are not to be counted in the census when determining congressional apportionment, complete the border wall. And then finally, we've got to formulate a plan peacefully if possible, but forcibly if necessary, to deport the 10 million people that are here. And uh, after President Trump is sworn back in in January, Todd, uh, I hope he comes before Congress and requests an emergency authorization uh, similar to a declaration of war. I want to use the full force of the United States military to go after the drug cartels and completely and totally annihilate them. 
Charles Eller uh, running for the 10th Congressional District in North Carolina. CharlesEller4Congress.com is the website. That's CharlesEller4Congress.com. Uh, any uh, any last words here before Super Tuesday? It's uh, coming up on us pretty quickly. Yeah, there is, uh, Todd. You know, people in this district cannot afford to take a risk and vote for somebody that's just going to turn out to be a carbon copy of the man that I'm running to replace, Patrick McHenry. Uh, and they need a rock-solid uh, MAGA Republican in, in office, and I'm that guy. You know, I'm running for Congress for the same reasons President Trump ran uh, for president. They're rooted in something like standing up for the Constitution and making America great again. And, uh, you know, Todd, I know that uh, there's a lot on President Trump's plate, and he's certainly doing a lot. And, and, you know, when he gets reelected, he's going to need loyal uh, allies and reliable people in Congress. And uh, I can just say that, you know, if I'm elected, I will certainly go to uh, to Congress and help further the MAGA agenda. And I know he had made an endorsement in this race, but if he should ever uh, decide to do that, I would welcome that endorsement uh, because I'm somebody that's going he can count on, and I'm not going to be a rhino Republican that's going to kneecap him and stab him in the back like so many other people have done. All right, good stuff. Well, Charles, good luck to you, and uh, we wish you the the very best of luck on Super Tuesday. Yeah, and Todd, hopefully the next time I speak to you, I will be the Republican nominee for the in the general election in November for the tenth district of North Carolina. All right, there you go, folks. Charles Eller for Congress. Charles Eller for Congress dot com is the website, and uh, be sure to uh, check out uh, all of his uh, great information there. All right, our telephone number, hopefully, uh, 901-260-5926. Let's go to Patty uh, in North Carolina listening to us on WSIC. Hi, Patty. What's on your mind? Hey, Todd. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for asking, Patty. Okay, listen, um, I want to say something. Uh, this doctor that cleared this uh, dimwit um, to, uh, he's like, you know, he could run a country. and The guy can't even walk. I mean, uh, you know... Who is this guy getting paid for? Or from? I mean, another one is George Soros paying his doctor. I mean, it's it's a joke, Todd. I'm sick and tired of it. Yeah, I th- they want us to you know that they it was like the emperor is not wearing any clothes. Uh, it's <laughs> I mean it's a modern day version of that. You know we the guys with our own eyes, Todd. We we're not blind. We we see him. He can't talk. He can't walk. The guy's eating ice cream with a reject from. That's a, a Seth Meyers reject. The guy is an idiot, and we're what people could see this. They're making us look like idiots. They're trying to make the American people look like damn idiots. I thought, okay, Patty. Uh, look, I hear you. I, I hear exactly what you're saying. I thought, Senator, and appreciate that call, Patty. Uh, Senator John Kennedy out of Louisiana. I think summed it up when he was uh, talking about President Biden. Cut five. And the American people have figured it out. And that's why, if you believe the polls, the president is polling right up there with um, with chlamydia. <laughs> so um, just in case you're wondering, chlamydia, it's not polling very high. I just want to throw that out there. You may not be aware, but um, it's not polling very high. All right. Uh, let's go to Johnny. Johnny, what's on your mind? Hey, Todd. I'm sorry. I'm still laughing about uh, 
your last thing on the from John Kennedy there. That is hilarious. <laughs> yes, it but, is. Um, <laughs> I, I'm wondering though. This uh, I, I have no evidence or anything, but I, I've just I've never figured out what ideals Joe Biden has, other than which way the wind's blowing at the moment or what he's told to do by his owners. And I personally believe he has more owners than a Key West timeshare. But um, I'm wondering, is it possible for Congress or, or somebody to start investigating while they're looking into his financial past? Is it possible for them to look into whether he is receiving kickbacks from these cartels that are shuttling people across the border and making fortunes at it? I don't know what his ideals are, but he does seem to like money a lot. I'm wondering if he is so adamant about keeping the borders wide open because he's getting paid for it. Could be. I mean, it, I mean, anything's possible with the Biden crime syndicate, uh, Johnny. And again, the the issue may it may not even be Joe Biden at this point, but it's the family. You know, they're all yeah. th- they're all corrupt. These are very bad people we're talking about, and. And a lot of them are just using Joe. He's basically an empty shell, right? He's uh, he he doesn't know. He he really doesn't like. Patty said the guy just wanders around like a zombie licking an ice cream cone, and that's sad. But you know, it's the reality. All that's right, true. Johnny, gotta uh, run. Appreciate the call, though. Let's go to Vicky. Hi, Vicky. What's on your mind? Hi, Todd. Thank you for answering me. I was kind a while back and couldn't get through. Uh, I'm going to tell everybody what's wrong with Joe Biden. I'm all My ears. My neighbor's in nursing. I used to be in nursing. Uh, we know what's wrong with Joe Biden. We know what's wrong with Joe Biden for the last five years or more. Both of my parents had Alzheimer's. Joe has no short-term memory. It is gone. And I'm going to tell you how the neurologists find this, this out. Alzheimer's will start out like dementia, but it quickly goes to... Um, Alzheimer's, it's like a, a diabetes three. And as you say, Joe, like sugar. But the bottom line with it all is that when, when you're around a person that has Alzheimer's, in a span of about 15 to 20 minutes, they will repeat the same question over to you. That might not be in the same form of the words that they use, but it will be, pertain to like the same situation. And they will repeat it. And they sometimes will say, well, I think I'll just ask you this, but tell me again. And Joe has, and my mother did it, and my daddy did it, and my aunt did it, and everybody else that I know who has Alzheimer's in these memory care units all across this country, everybody knows that Joe Biden has Alzheimer's. And it's very frustrating to have a doctor. Now, I'm I'm saying doctors, nurses, neurologists, workers in these memory care units that are in assisted living, uh, the family members, everybody knows what Joe Biden has. And he has zero memory, short-term memory at all. Now, his delusion and his making up of his stories, yes, that's part of Alzheimer's also. But what they've done is they have taken and they have lied to every single American in this country. And I'm going to tell you, there are millions of people in this country that know that Joe Biden, it's a, it's a conversation here in North Carolina, everywhere you go. Everybody says, 
something's wrong with Joe Biden. And I'll quickly tell them what it is. And we all know, we all knew Joe didn't get this way today or last month or three years ago. Joe Biden's had Alzheimer's for at least five years, perhaps longer. Well, it was like um, Ronald Reagan, you know, and towards the end of his last uh, year in office, I mean, you could start to see the decline. And it wasn't too long after he left office when they announced his diagnosis. So it's, yeah, I, I mean, you can see it. And it's getting it's getting progressively worse, Vicky. just about every day, it seems. It is, and it will get worse. And he will, this... Um this problem he has with pooping in his pants, that's not unusual. Uh, he may have Crohn's disease with it. He may have uh, a blood disorder going on with it. I do not know. He may have cancer or acute, close to acute cancer with the MDS. I do not know the other things about him. But pooping in their pants is something that will happen because they eat foods they're not supposed to eat. And it will trigger, trigger if they've got any kind of intestinal problems at all. It'll trigger them to have sudden bouts of diarrhea, and they have no control of it. Oh, but the saddest part—the saddest part of the whole thing, Todd—is that they knew it all this time. Obama and Jill Biden knew, and Hunter knew this man had no short-term memory. He was the perfect puppet, and that's factual. I'm, I mean, I've been around, like I said, for twenty years now. I have been around Alzheimer's patients. Wow. Joe well, Biden has definitely got it. Well, Vicki, well, we appreciate the, the observations there, and um, it's, uh, it's, it's sad. But, again, this is a very evil family, and the, it's up to the family to pull them aside and say, Joe, um, it's time for you to step away from the White House. You, you can't be president anymore. Uh, you're not able to do that. And, um, Joe, you need to change your pants. So it's that simple. Uh, Vicky, appreciate the call. Snopes actually fact-checked this. Did Biden poop his pants? This is an actual Snopes fact-checking. They're saying, no, Biden did not poop his pants. But how do they know? How do they know? No, I don't think it was. I don't think it was a grass stain. I'm just saying. But it's a terrible thing. Uh, by the way, who do you think the greatest threat? Who do you think the greatest threat to democracy is in America? Who do you think that people group is? Is it the illegal aliens coming across the border? Is it is it the is, is it the, the Black Lives Matter crowd? Are, are they the greatest threat to democracy? What about what about Antifa? Some people would say Antifa is the greatest threat to democracy. Some might say AOC and the Squad or Maybe the gangbangers might be the greatest threat to democracy in America or the the entire Democrat Party. But MSDNC has figured it out. They believe that the greatest threat to democracy is the white people who live in the country. So if you are a white rural voter, then you are the greatest threat to democracy in America. Uh, Coming up in the next hour, we're going to be uh, taking your calls on this. We've got some audio to play from MSDNC, where the authors of a new book called White Rule Rage, 
the threat to American democracy, try to make their case. Do you think that rich, that white country folks are the greatest threat to America? 901-260-5926 is our number. Stick around. We'll be right back. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Program. Happy to have you with us today. Write down our telephone number. You will need this if you want to call in. Our number, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. So, uh, at the the last few minutes of the last hour of the program, I was telling you about this report from MSDNC. So, Morning Schmo, this uh, today, Mika, was interviewing the author of a brand new book about uh, white people. And the name of the book, White Rural Rage, The Threat to American Democracy. And the authors are making the case that the the greatest threat to democracy in the nation is not Antifa, it's not the illegals, it's not the Democrats, it's all of you white country people. In other words, in other words, cracker barrel country. You uh, people are the, the greatest threat to democracy. No, no, I'm I'm not making this. Uh, this is not hyperbole. Uh, this that's exactly what they said. Uh, we actually had the audio. Uh, cut twenty three. I mean, we lay out the fourfold interconnected threat that white rural voters pose to the country. First of all, and we show thirty polls and national studies to demonstrate this. So we provide the receipts in chapter six. They are the most racist, xenophobic, anti-immigrant, anti-gay geodemographic group in the country. Second, they're the most conspiracist group. QAnon support and subscribers, election denialism, COVID denialism and scientific skepticism, Obama birtherism. Third, anti-democratic sentiments. They don't believe in an independent press, free speech. They're most likely to say the president should be able to act unilaterally without any checks from Congress or the courts or the bureaucracy. They're also the most strongly white nationalist and white Christian nationalist. And fourth, they are most likely to excuse or justify violence as an acceptable alternative. Does that sound like country folks to you? Are, are we out there? Do, we, do you folks out in the country? And I know we have a lot of uh, country listeners. Uh, are you folks xenophobic? Are you folks homophobic out there in the in the countryside? Now, it's it's been my estimation that country folk are some of the most patriotic people in America. I believe country folk to be some of the hardest working people in America. As a matter of fact, I've, I can't imagine a, a tougher job than owning a family farm where everybody gets up at the, at the crack of dawn before the roosters start cock-a-doodle-doodling, and you're out there uh, feeding the animals, getting ready for the work day. It's all hands on deck from mom and dad to the kids. Seems to me that the people burning down our cities and attacking the police are the ones we ought to be worried about. But again, this is their truth. And they believe that all you people who live out in the country 
are racist and xenophobic. You're anti-immigrant. You're anti-gay. Let me just say something here. They're not anti-immigrant. We are not anti-immigrant on this program. If you want to come to this country legally, we will stand by your side. We will be there to cheer when you take the oath. And we will we will do our darndest to help you accomplish and achieve your American dream. And that's who we are. We don't like the illegals. And I don't make any bones about that. I think we ought to depart every single one of them. All 9 million illegals need to be rooted out and sent back to wherever they came from. You want to come to America? You do so the legal way. That's Look, just just think about this. Try Try going to Mexico. Pardon me, Mexico. Try going down to old Mexico and crossing the border in the other direction. Guess what's going to happen? They're going to pull your butt over. That's what the, You're going to be spending time in a Mexican prison. That's what's going to happen to you. They say that country folks are the most racist, but ladies and gentlemen, it's the leftist in America, the ones who control our academic system, they're the ones that are literally segregating our classrooms at this very moment. They are literally telling children they should be judged by the color of their skin. The leftist, the communist, are the ones that are out there telling sweet little American boys and girls, the little white children of America, that they are oppressive. And then they're telling the sweet, innocent little black children in America that they are the oppressed. That's what the left is doing. And yet they turn around and they say that we are racist. Where is the evidence of that racism, I ask? Where is it? But I'm telling you, the left, they're the ones out there marching in the streets, beating up police, attacking pro-lifers, holding the drag queen story times, and maybe that's it because country folks don't want their children hanging around and fiddling around with drag queens cavorting about in public libraries. And all of a sudden, that makes you anti-gay. No, I think that makes you a concerned parent. That's what I think that makes you. That doesn't make you anti-gay. One of the greatest things I've seen in recent days are these um, LGBT groups that are coming out, and actually it's the LGB groups that are coming out and saying that they oppose transgenderism, that they oppose these drag queens. And I would... I would be willing to say that most gay people in America just want to be left alone so they can live their life the way they see fit without any government interference. I'm not saying that's everybody, but I would be willing to say that there's a lot of them. They just want to, they just want to live their life, claim their American dream. Let's go to Robert in Tennessee, listening to us on WTJS. Robert, do those sound like the kind of country folks that, that you know? Well, I grew up in the country, Todd, in Dyer County, near the, near the Mississippi River, that part of Tennessee. Oh, that's country. Yeah, that's country, so Robert. 75 miles of, north of Memphis is where I grew up. I picked cotton when I was eight or nine years old. We were still, we'd go to school in July, and we'd get out, and all of us kids, if it wasn't for us kids in the little communities, I think the farmers would have been in trouble getting their crops in. And, uh, but all of these, you know, these labels, these negative-sounding labels, I'm 71. It's getting old. It's, I'm getting tired. And 
like I t- told your screener, I don't even know what xenophobic is. I really don't. Yeah, I th- I thought it was Xena Princess Warrior. That was a TV show when I was a kid, but it's oh, not. Yeah, yes. it's it's apparently that means you hate you hate foreigners. Oh well, that's well, I, I, that, I'm not that way. I mean, my nephew is married to uh, a young lady of Mexican descent, and and uh, she she's born in in uh, West Tennessee. But uh, uh, my last girlfriend was from Puerto Rico. So I guess I'm not xenophobic. I guess I don't know. Well, I, th- I think I am, cool. Robert. I think I, I don't like the French. I think that makes me oh. xenophobic. They're just a rude people. Well, yeah, I've never <laughs> been to France, but we bailed them out twice. And we they just did. don't like us even to this day. They're they're ungrateful know. people. They're ingrates. <laughs> very much, very much. They are, but, uh, and I don't like I their food. Tired. I'm tired. Yeah, I'm tired of the labels, the negative labels. You know, if someone disagrees with us, there's no longer free speech, you know. If you respect my opinion, I will respect yours, whether we agree or not. Uh, but we've gotten to where we can't have a competing opinion. It's and true. That's, Robert, that's, now that's it's... On, that's un-American. Now it's respect my opinion, and if you don't, you're a racist. <laughs> you're like, wait, what? Yes. That escalated quickly. Oh, yes, it did. But, uh, you know, it's a... Uh, I never thought at, at my age I'd see America go to this. I thought we uh, we made gains in race relations between just African Americans and Caucasian Americans uh, back years ago, and then it seems like we went we took a turn backwards about fifteen twenty years ago. I don't know what what went wrong. Robert, I appreciate your wise words, and I think you're right to be tired of all of this name calling. I- I'm tired of it, and it all started with Barack Hussein Obama back in the day calling all of us a bunch of bitter clingers, folks who cling into their guns, we cling to their religion. Uh, Robert, appreciate that call. Let's go to Anna in Georgia, WDUN. Anna, what say you? I'm Todd. I live in uh, North Georgia and Dahlonega, Georgia, uh, which is heavily rural uh, and historic. Uh, I am a certified residential appraiser, I'm not a stupid person. I've got a master's degree in economics. I live in rural America, and all of the people around me are educated in one way or the other. Maybe not a formal education. Maybe they're farmers that have been farming for 30, 40 years. Maybe they've gone to a technical school. Maybe they're on-the-job training. But they're all educated people. You can't, you know, I guess you can. Apparently, this person thinks that people in rural are morons, but they're not. And I've heard a lot of people in the city, like, for instance, Miss Willis and Mr. Way, seem a bit moronic to me, and they live in urban America. So you can't really judge everybody. I'm sure not everybody in Atlanta is that way, but... They're easily led, obviously, with this, uh, those people. I, my parents, uh, my grandparents come from a place you don't like, French Canada. But they worked in the factory. Uh, my grandpa, my mom, and my dad both were, you know, not necessarily English-speaking people, and. They came here, my grandparents came here through Ellis Island. So I find it, 
you know, these people just are so uppity. And they just think they are just so smart. And they're not. They don't have a clue what of what they are speaking of. So that's what I'm saying. Everybody, I don't care where you are, somebody in the crowd is not going to like something. But you look That's it. it. And that's just the way it is. Anna, good words. Got to skedaddle for a break here, but Anna is uh, absolutely right. 901-260-5926. Do you think country folks are the problem in America? I think they're the solution. Got to take a break. We'll be right back. All right. This just coming in. The House just passed a continuing resolution to keep the government fully funded under Nancy Pelosi funding levels until March 8th. So they're kicking the can down the road again. The final vote tally, 320 to 99. Only 97 Republican members voted against this nonsense. Two Democrats voted no. So uh, that news coming out just in the past few moments uh, the House passing the continuing resolution to keep the government funded until March 8th. That's next week, uh, week after next. And uh, then uh, the Senate's got to vote on this. Let's go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Congressman Eric Burleson from Missouri, member of the House Oversight Committee. Congressman, good to have you with us today. Good to be here, Todd. All right, Congressman, how did you vote on this thing? Well, I voted no. I was one of the 99 that didn't uh, support this continuing resolution. As you said, we're just kicking the can further on down the road. Meanwhile, meanwhile we've got $34 trillion in debt. We have an open border. We have a, a federal government that's spying on its citizens and uh, and is trying to target uh, parents, Catholics, and the former president of the United States. And we're just going to continue the spending for this for this uh, very flawed and in some ways corrupt federal government. House Freedom Caucus Chairman uh, Bob Good from uh, Virginia says he's disappointed in the deal. Uh, he says it seems right now what we're doing, we're doing what the Democrats want to do so that it'll pass the Senate and be signed by the White House. Is, is that a pretty good take on things? Yeah, I, I would say the easy take is that we're – there's no appetite for to fight. There's no appetite to really try to, um, to to pose any challenge to Joe Biden or to Chuck Schumer. And, you know, look, when I'm when you reflect on the state of the union, the real state of the union, not the speech we're going to get next week, but the the situation that we have, we have never been at this level of debt since World War II, and we just we didn't just exit a war. We we have never seen the border open like it is today, where we have um, nearly 10 million people flood across the border. We, and, and, and then we're going to, we're, we're not going to do anything about it. You know, I was reflecting in my speech, I actually spoke out against this on the floor. And that should, that should tell you everything is that um, Chip Roy and, uh, you know, those of us conservatives had to, had to get time from uh, the, from the Republicans and the Democrats in order to be the one group that's speaking out against this bill, against basically the uniparty. And, and when, what I said during my speech is that, you know, this nation was founded by people 
who at the end of the Declaration of, of Independence made the bold statement that they're willing to sacrifice their lives, their fortunes, their sacred honors. And yet our colleagues up here, they, they do not have near the same resolve as the, people that, as the people that founded this country. They're not even willing to sacrifice their jobs for their reelections. You know, I, I I hate to ask this question, but what's going on with the Speaker of the House? I, I just don't understand the play here for Mike Johnson. I don't either. I do not understand it. Um, and I'm, uh, I, I'm growing more and more frustrated every week. With, with the House Speaker? Yes. Are others in the caucus, do they share your concerns? Yes, certainly there's quite a few that, that feel frustrated, and that probably that group is growing. Well, it's it's troubling because the clock's ticking, uh, Congressman, and I'm concerned that the lack of action by the Speaker is going to have an impact in some of these congressional races later this fall. Oh, yeah, and I don't blame the American people for being frustrated. I would say if you're frustrated with your uh, elected representative, um, you know, I would say try to try to take, you know, take go to the ballot box and make sure that your votes are are recorded, especially in the primaries. The primaries have never been more important than they are today. Well, I think you're absolutely right. And, Congressman, we've got about 35 seconds here. Real quick on the Hunter Biden deposition. What what was your big takeaway from yesterday? Um, my big takeaway is that this this man is not a man. He's a child. He has been given privilege his entire life, and he doesn't even recognize when he is abusing his his power. And, and, and he, he doesn't even understand the what you and I wouldn't call unethical behavior of uh, selling access. It's not, I don't even think that it's, it's foreign to him because it's been a part of his, his entire life. Well, uh, Congressman, again, we appreciate you coming on. I know it's a busy day for you guys up on Capitol Hill and uh, appreciate your candor as well. Thank you, Todd. All right, Congressman Eric Burleson, and you can sort of hear the frustration in his voice, can't you? Uh, House Speaker Mike Johnson reaching a deal with Democrats, and they passed a House resol- a continuing resolution a few moments ago. They're just kicking the can down the road, still spending at Nancy Pelosi levels. 901-260-5926. We'll be right back, folks. Welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Show. And again, uh, the breaking news, Mike Johnson and the Democrats in the House have passed a continuing resolution. And uh, 99 lawmakers voted against it, 97 Republicans, two Democrats. And it's uh, we're just kicking the can down the road, folks. What can I say? All right, uh, 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. We've been telling you about our big fundraising effort for our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom. And if you go right now to our website, toddsterns.com, you can click on the ADF banner at the top of the page, and you can learn how you can join us as we raise much-needed funding for ADF. I want to bring into the conversation uh, someone who is uh, very important to the 
ADF organization. His name is Eric Bamptist. He is senior counsel for ADF. And uh, first of all, Eric, good to have you with us today. Well, thanks for having me. So there is a very important case uh, that you guys are, are deeply involved in, uh, and it's um, it involves the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, um, and uh, some, some key safeguards over high-risk abortion drugs. Uh, tell us about this case. Yeah, we filed this lawsuit about a year and a half ago on behalf of doctors who have treated and cared for countless women who have been harmed by abortion drugs because the FDA has recklessly removed common sense safeguards and safety standards associated with the use of these drugs. And we've won at the district court, we've won at the Court of Appeals, and now in March we're going to go to the Supreme Court and hopefully win for the third time. So what are some of the key arguments uh, you know, in this particular case? When the FDA originally approved these drugs back in the year 2000, it recognized these drugs were high risk and put some safety standards in place to mitigate and help reduce those risks. And those were in-person doctor visits, which is important because these are high risk drugs. So having a a screening appointment with the doctor to see if a woman has an ectopic pregnancy, which is a life-threatening condition, or confirm the gestational age or even confirm a pregnancy and provide her counseling in person about the dangers associated with these drugs, and then a follow-up exam at the end of this process to ensure she has no complications at the end. The FDA has systematically in recent years removed each of these safeguards along the way while expanding the gestational use of these drugs and authorizing these drugs to be mailed without any medical care, without any doctor involved whatsoever. Can can you elaborate on the significance of the First Amendment concerns raised in, in the dispute? Well, our case actually doesn't bring up constitutional issues as much as um, the what we call the Administrative Procedure Act, and that's more or less when Congress uh, passes a law, it's up to the executive branch of federal agencies to comply with that law. And when the FDA in this particular situation failed to comply with the instructions that Congress gave the FDA when it comes to safeguarding our country from high-risk drugs, it's up to the courts to hold those unlawful agency actions and unlawful agencies accountable for those actions, especially when in this case, when the FDA has been entrusted to protect women and girls from harmful and high-risk drugs and failed to do so, it's very important for the courts to step in here. And that's what we focused on in this case. Were there any uh, any precedents, uh, legal principles, um, that, that could shape the outcome of the case? It's essentially holding unlawful and unaccountable federal agencies accountable for their actions. And that's the legal principle that this court, the Supreme Court has held in recent term, especially making sure whether it's the EPA, the FDA, or other federal agencies who think they can act above the law and bringing them back down to earth and say, no, you, there's a we have a constitutional republic. And the way our constitution set up this country is to have co-equal branches of government and really holding these um, agencies, and particularly FDA, who think they're above the law and unaccountable to any branch of the government, and bring them back in to make sure they're being responsive to the elected branches of government. So so let's talk about next steps here. Um, you guys, uh, this ongoing legal dispute between the FDA and the Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine, uh, where do we go from here? Well, we, we, we when we go to the Supreme Court, we're, we're hoping to set a good here in the sense of making sure the FDA is held accountable for harming women and girls. And so if we prevail, this is going to be important for, for women and girls across this country, for, for those who care about life and the welfare of our women in this country, because 
it will restore those basic safeguards, those common sense safety standards where women will now have the ongoing care of a doctor throughout this process where we will expose the lie of the abortion industry showing that they say this drug is as safe as Advil when in fact their own label for this drug shows that one in 25 women or roughly one in 25 women will end up in the emergency room. One in 25 people don't end up in the emergency room after taking Advil, but they do with these drugs. And we're exposing the lie of the abortion industry slowly but surely with this lawsuit. All right, folks. Uh, And so um, certainly compelling uh, information as you consider making a gift to Alliance Defending Freedom to help them fight these critical Supreme Court battles and to help make sure the government does not interfere with your right to live your life uh, out of your convictions. So, again, click on the ADF banner at ToddSterns.com. That's ToddSterns.com. You can also call 855-417-6556. That's 855-417-6556. And make your uh, gift right now. Well, Eric, we really appreciate your uh, very important time today. Well, thanks for having me, and thank you so much for your support. All right. Eric Baptist, he is Senior Counsel at Alliance Defending Freedom. There you go. All right, uh, let's go back to the phones. Kelly in North Carolina wants to weigh in on this crazy story about rural voters. Hi, Kelly. What's on your mind? Hi. I was. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm calling in for the simple fact that we were talking about the rule and that goofiness with the Mika and the nutballs that are up there in New York. Um, it, it, it blows my mind on how skewed of an idea that they have about what rural people represent. Um, it, it's it's so insulting. I mean, they can't control their crime. They can't control their streets. They can't control the illegals coming in. So what do they do? They spit their venom on, you know, good, hardworking rural Americans like myself. I live down in Pamlico County. I live in right smack on the edge of the coast, right next to farmland and commercial waters. And it just blows my mind on how, you know, we're able to you know, maintain, we're via, we, we, we keep our relationships, we stay very community-oriented, and because, um, you know, we're not running around with pink hair and nose rings and free-the-nipple tattoos, and I'm just, it's enough, it, it just becomes so insulting after a while. And it, it came to me today with, with a phrase that I heard uh, about a week ago, that people confuse the word education and intelligence. Just because you're educated doesn't mean you're intelligent. Uh, it, it's just alarming on how fast these people jump on this bandwagon and want to throw their visceral dislike towards us, um, all because we're able to maintain our communities. We don't allow the garbage in. We don't allow the ideology in because we know that it is, um, what's the word, Jeff, that I'm trying to think of? It is a cancer to our, our way of life. We, we don't want we don't want the infestation. We don't want the disease. Take any word you want to, you know, put towards it. We, we like having normalcy. We like having peace and quiet and tranquility and, and enjoying our, you know, our, our friends and families of all backgrounds, black, white, red, pink, green. It doesn't make a difference. As long as you're not treading on the way that we like to live our lives and we don't tread on them and we come together and can can easily agree to disagree, which happens a bit, you know, and we all don't think alike, but we all respect each other. And that is truly a good basis for a community is, is true respect. 
I think that's a great way to look at it, Kelly. I mean, it's uh, remember the old Jason Aldean song that caused all the the stir. Try that in a small town. And the whole point of that song is that we look after each other in small towns. And you know, there is a there's a compact, you know, sort of a a cultural compact you make with your neighbors and with people that you're going to be there for each other. And I just do not look. I was in New York City when Hurricane Sandy hit, and it was chaos in that town. The lights went out, and everything went to you know what. And I'm sitting there, and I had, I was pretty well stocked, at, you know, where I was. But the reality is that in a small town, a whole different, whole different handling of a situation of a crisis like that. And it seems to me that you want to make sure you have friends with people in small towns when you know what breaks loose in the big cities. Kelly? All right. Yeah, finish your thought. We got to skedaddle. Oh, that was it. I was just saying thank you for letting me speak my mind. I appreciate it. Great stuff. Yeah, we appreciate you and all of our great listeners out there in Eastern Carolina, 1071 The Talk Station. Thank you, Kelly. 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. That's 901 260-5926. Two six zero five nine two six. By the way, uh, and we're going to be taking your calls on this. It just, it. I, I, I. We had a caller earlier who said he's he's an older guy and said, Todd, I'm just done with it. I am tired of the constant name calling from the left, and I get it. And I suspect a lot of you are, feel the same way. You're out there minding your own business. You're not. You're not sticking your nose where it doesn't need to be. And then they turn around. And they come after you. You're not the ones burning down the cities. By the way, Newsmax, they're doing a national poll, and they want to know who should Trump pick as vice president. Newsmax wants to know who you want. And you can vote right now in the Newsmax poll on Trump's VP pick. All you have to do is text the word SKIP, S-K-I-P, to 39747. That's SKIP to 39747, and they will send you a link to the poll. Again, that's Skip 39747. I sat beside a man from Hollywood, California on a plane. He said he had rich and famous friends. Yeah, he liked dropping names. I said, well, how'd it do? It's good for you. I dig a lot of those actors. But son, you ain't got a thing on me. See, I I got got friends with tractors. They'll grow your groceries, haul a load, pull you out, then fix the road. They're good at slowing speeders down when they pass through from out of town. I'll live out in the country happily ever after. I got everything I need because I got friends with tractors. And I don't know about you folks, but I'd rather have friends with tractors than Hollywood stars. Welcome back to the show, 901-260-5926. Let's go to Virginia. John is on the line. Hi, John. What say you? Hey, Todd. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to one, – one thing that hit me with this attack on the rural people of America uh, was the fact that Trump took a lot of votes from the rural area, and I think it surprised the liberals when he won in 16 you think so you think they they were surprised that country folk would be attracted to somebody like donald trump well i think they were surprised that the the rural vote was as strong as it was and it helped him over the 
you know, over the finish line. Yeah, I well, I think there's a lot of truth in that. And I, I still think that we need more country folk uh, going to the polls on Election Day. And, you know, really, there are a lot more of us out there. And if if they get out and vote, then they're going to they're going to be swinging elections across the country. Yeah, I, I live in central Virginia, and anytime I go out into the country, um, the beautiful state of Virginia, I see a lot of Trump signs. So it's all evident that the people in the rural areas love him. Yeah, and and I'm not too sure that this is this play of denigrating good country folk. I, I seriously, you've got people out there literally burning down cities. That's okay. That's not the problem. It's the folks, as the song just uh, songwriter just said, it's the folks growing groceries that you got to be worried about. Yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's another reflection of that two-tiered justice system. Oh, you're not kidding. All right, John, appreciate that call. John's not wrong, by the way. I was uh, driving back from Liberty University, what was it, last year? And uh, I, it's, there, it's a, there's a country road you got to take to get up to Liberty, uh, to Lynchburg. And I tell you, I saw more Trump signs than I've ever seen. It was pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, let's go to North Carolina. Bob wants to talk about VP picks. Hi, Bob. What you got for us? Uh, I'm I'm an Eastern North Carolina Carolinian. I uh, I've got the two master's degrees and 30 years in the army. If that makes me a dumb country boy, I'll be it. <laughs> I think uh, I think Trump's gonna need uh, need some really strong military advice when he gets in. I, I'd go for Mike Pompeo or Jack King. Mike Pompeo. I like Mike. Uh, you know, I like Mark Green, too. And, and Mark's a Tennessee boy, so you know he's good people. Uh, and yep. he's uh, he's also a doctor, so he's got that going for him. Well, he's going to need some mil- mil- good military advice. And General Jack Keene is one of the best ones, too. Well, Jack Keene is as well. He he is. Um, all right, Bob. Good, good conversation and uh, good take on the VP. Uh, Trump's Trump's already got somebody in mind. We just have to figure out who that is. He knows. I think he already knows who he's going to pick. I truly do. All right, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. Joy Reid is all upset, and um, she's uh, interviewed a guy named Justin Jones uh, in Tennessee, Jones is one of the uh, leading um, Democrats in the state, and he is a radical leftist. I want you to listen to this. Cut 11. Representative Jones, what in the hell is going on in your state? Well, Joy, um, the former Confederacy continues to be a birthplace of bad ideas. <laughs> Clearly. And, and the terrifying thing is, is that this is where they're testing out these ideas before they nationalize them. But these ideas are being waged, you know, the battles are being waged on the front lines of our state houses, but they're going to be nationalized if we don't stop them at their root, which is in states like Tennessee and Alabama and Texas and Mississippi. Yeah. These are the front lines where we have to fight for democracy. I, I saw your, your uh, I reposted actually your Instagram because you were actually there when the Nazis were marching through uh, Nashville. They're showing us who they are. 
you know, just yesterday, um, as I tried to tell them that their policies attacking immigrants, attacking the LGBTQ community, banning black history, are inviting these neo-Nazis to come, um, I was silenced by the Speaker of the House and stopped from speaking. Um, and when we try and raise these concerns that we are welcoming hate at the same time, we are banning pride flags from our schools. Yeah. I mean, it, it is creating this, this, this morally insane environment where you, you're not even engaging. You know, there's the saying, speak truth to power. We're speaking truth to insanity. At least yeah. we're trying to when we're not silent. I think we have a picture of you with your hand raised. I mean, this was, and you said it was two hours. We were talking in the break. It was like two hours. All right, you let not me stop. Let me stop. All right. So, by the way, Joyless Reed, uh, she's over at MSDNC. And she's the chick that's got the blonde wig on or the blonde hair. She's culturally appropriating is what she's doing. So anyway, this guy, Justin Jones, he the only thing he does is get up during these House sessions and he calls his fellow lawmakers racist, white supremacist, Nazis. And finally, the lawmakers say enough of this. We're, we don't have to sit here and take this garbage spewing from the mouth of this vile man by the way the nazis that showed up first of all we don't even know that they are nazis second of all they're they have nothing to do the organization they're allegedly with has nothing to do with the republican party at all period so for 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 the democrats to say oh well uh, these are republicans no they're not these people actually support joe biden's policies with regard to ukraine but anyway, these guys, and we've got them, and by the way, we have a super majority of Republicans in Tennessee, and it's driving these little communists like Justin Jones and Justin Pearson and uh, Big Gloria Johnson driving them bonkers, big time. All right, we got to scoot out of here, folks, and it uh, been a great day. A special shout-out to all of our great country listeners. We love you guys. Get out there. Be good, America. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.